0: and welcome. My name is Liva Bonnevi, and this is episode 26 from Clan of the Horses, a podcast about horses and horse people. Today's guest, Rachel Reishma, has worked full-time as a trainer and behavioral consultant since 2003, first with dogs, later with horses, as we covered in the episode Calming Signals with Turi Rugos. Today, the topic is another pillar of Rachel's working life with horses, namely the value of scent work and exploration exercises, and offering horses Mental stimulation does not only reduce stress and make the horse more confident, it can also be a brilliant tool when horses struggle with what we often refer to as behavior problems. Okay, Rachel, we are, we are back. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, thank you so much for having me. Nina.
0: and Thank you for making the time. I mean, I know we have a very busy schedule. Um we are going to talk about scent work today. Uh, but before we start, in case people haven't heard uh, the previous episode that we did on calming signals, which is, uh, you know, it's an episode I really recommend, uh, could you say just a little bit about your, your background and where you're coming from when it comes to horses?
1: When it comes to horses, I've been around horses in a way I feel all my life, since I started at uh, riding schools when I was six years old. Always been around horses daily. And if we talk about having animals as a profession, then I can say that I started with dogs and not with horses. And I was very, very interested all my life in the comfort zone of animals. And as a behavior consultant visiting dogs at home, I remember so many cases of dogs where I was thinking like, how can I empower that dog to face life on its own and be courageous and not needing support because he could handle it by himself and be courageous, courageous, curious. And when I started the work in 2003, in that, that age, and maybe people remember, the linear hierarchy was still very popular. And they say like, well, you have to be boss and you have to be leader, and the dog needs to follow you. And on the other hand, um, um, the theory of you have to be nicer, nicer. You have to have a stake, and if if you're the best in the world of the dog, then he will follow and do everything. I'm simplifying, right? I'm generalizing now. He will do anything you want him to do. Here I was sometimes with dogs that were so afraid that. Me being a leader didn't matter. It didn't. It didn't help them. Me having dangling a stake before their nose didn't didn't help either. So, for instance, there was this dog lying underneath the bed, and he was so fearful that he only got out to pee and to poop, and then went under the bed again. That stake didn't help. My leadership didn't help. So that really, really sparked my interest in what can I do. For that dog, for him to see something new in his life and instead of being afraid of it, thinking, what is it? What can it do for me? And would it be fun to expand his comfort zone? And obviously, when that comfort zone is extremely, extremely small, it can still be a little bit bigger. So that that, in a way, was the starting point to exploration to exploring exploration and sandwork work with dogs and also with horses because i found horses also have to meet so many high demands in their life as sometimes dogs and horses sometimes um, miss the benefits dogs have some benefits and uh I thought that they really need exploration and sandwork in their life too to feel better, but also to gain all the benefits from it because exploration work and doing sandwork with horses has numerous benefits. And it's not very well known in the horse world. So I have a big task, and that's why I'm so grateful for your help, to reach people, to inform them that there are so many ways we can help horses to live our lives together, even comply with our wishes if they're reasonable, uh, but also give back and help them um, help them cope with their life a bit better.
0: So if we dive into this uh, this word, scent work, um, I also heard it described as nose work. Is it the same?
1: Well, I mean, me being Dutch, I mean, it's always a bit hard to find um terms that are not your own native language i think it is i think it is the same but i'm not sure if, if if people have a different association with the term nose work what i mean with with exploration and scent work with scent work i really mean those exercises where the horse's nose is um given a chance to be used because in a way as a horse owner, we all recognize that they use their nose a lot when they're fearful. And they try to remember where they are when something is stressing them. So you can really see the nostrils flare and dilate. Uh, but we don't use the nose uh, that much if it comes to finding their own food. Or uh, finding a herd mate. Or finding a missing person. and that is what I mean with the scent work that it really is, really are those exercises that stimulate the use of the nose in a positive way for them. And with exploration, which, within a way, is also in my book, I more or less have those exercises that combine the nose, but also the touch, the feel, how it feels, how it tastes, how it looks, how it moves. So, for instance, you can think of the enriched environments where you have objects in the arena and a horse can explore. So not just an occasional ball in the arena, but a structural way of seeing it as a new discipline to offer exploration work or scent work uh, to your horse. But, and, and Maybe if I can name some activities, would that help?
0: I think so. And, and also, I mean, I did something with my dog that resembles, I think, scentwork. We call it smeller yeah. in Norway, as in smell, uh, where yeah. where you can teach the dog to find anything. Uh, yeah, and yeah. because my dog loves it, uh, and my horse. Have you seen that um, uh, animated picture, uh, Tangled? This uh, uh, girl oh, with when... the long golden hair in the yeah, tower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the
1: white horse.
0: <laughs> yes. My yeah, horse yeah, is like, like yeah, my like horse is like Maximus, you know, yeah, he's, he's yeah. really into, you know, the nose yeah. in the ground and stuff. So, so when I did the smell of training with the dog, it was very easy to think, mm, you know, could I do something with the horse? And because I had no idea how to start, I just started with apples that I would hide and, and uh, just kind of, you know, ask him a question and, and just wait. And, and he, he, really, he was really quick to figure out, okay, I can actually search for something here. And, and we had so much fun with it.
1: <laughs> and and uh, exercises like that, I would call treat search. And the persons who really formed a pillar in that, as I mentioned, Rugas, but also Anna Lil Kwan with her international dog nose work education, and uh, they call it treat searches so you scatter food you hide food pieces and the, and the horse gets or dog gets uh, a gesture like find or where are they and he can rumble around and uh, and the tracking uh the horses then most normally do are going around in wide circles and looping around to see if they can you know find a, a whiff of the of the thing they're looking for and uh, they find it so it's yeah, it's wonderful to do. Yeah. And, but also for your words, wonderful that he started doing it and not feeling uh, hesitant or being conditioned not to take initiative. So that is. Well, no,
0: he's full of initiative.
1: <laughs> yeah, wonderful for you. Yeah, but, but a good thing. You have to uh, slow him down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be treat, treat search. And is and treat search then
0: in your. Uh, is, it, is that part of it? Could it be called Sandberg, or is Sandwork something different?
1: For me, it is a, a sad work activity, and it is one that is uh, very easy-doable for people. You don't need to train a lot. You can take treats with you if you know your horse likes it and you've practiced it a bit at home. And if you go to the veterinarian clinic, you can do it while when you're waiting. Scatter a bit of food around. Right. You can take it on a walk or scatter a bit of food if you want to distract your horse or give him a calming activity uh you can do it when he's on box rest so you can do you can do it obviously it's a bit harder in the shavings that you don't want him to have shavings but you can hide a little bit of boxes there paper boxes with holes in them that he can find it or sandbags and um uh, another activity I, I like is uh and that is from Anna Lil's education and it's called the sand garden where i have objects in the arena or or any place. And it's more or less to socialize horses to scent. And you can, I I usually take towels, but you can dilute all kinds of smells and put them on the towels so they can really investigate and search, uh, not search the objects, but socialize themselves to smell. So for instance, I have a towel a few days at the veterinarian clinic put it in a box with a lid on and put it in the arena. So it smells a little like the veterinarian clinic. So they can investigate that. Or I have a bit of tea I put on a towel or a little bit of the juice of the pickles from the refrigerator, or I have a little bit of water with a drop of ketchup in it. I put it on the towel. So smells that they can, um, well, as I said, socialize it. To smells, because as a human, we don't think of socializing to smells that often. And horses do encounter a lot of smells when they're on competition, when they're away, when they go out riding. So it is uh, something to think about. Uh, Another activity which takes a bit more effort, but also can be fun, obviously, uh, is to teach your horse to follow a footstep track. And he can follow that footstep track towards uh, a missing person or a food bag, a bag of food. And um, um, How do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? Well, in a way, it is conditioning. If we talk about scent tracking, one of the difference between dogs and horses is obviously that we take our dogs to the forest so easily. While many of the horse owners I'm working, not always have a trailer or not. there's no forest around, so what I encountered when I wanted to start scent work with the horses is that at a lot of barns, there are not many places where you can hide as a missing person, because everything is so flat. The arena is flat, the pastures are flat, if I would hide, I have four or five, six pots behind the hay bales or a... Or garbage bitten, but the horse will know that quite soon, right? So I thought like, okay, I cannot roll around or dig myself in the arena as a missing person. So I have to have something else that is also working and it's very logic for the horse. So I thought, well, what is more logic for a horse than to find an own food? I mean, that's a primary thing. So what I do, the, the fabric is like, it doesn't give away particles. Mm-hmm. And you close the bag. You bury the bag, you put the topping on it, and then you leave the mesh open. Because the horse needs to smell something, right? If you bury the whole bag, I mean, it's very hard for him to smell something. Yeah. So that is the reward. He can smell food and he can touch the bag or with his teeth, take it out or with his foot mm. take it out or touch it to in- indicate where it is. Uh, so that's a preparation for the re- reward he needs to find. So, But there are smells everywhere in the arena or in the pasture or in the forest, because you can do it anywhere, obviously. So what he needs to learn is that he has to follow the footsteps that are the ones that lead to the bag, that leads to the reward. So what I do is I have the starting point. This is just a guest towel, but it's white, so it's easily visible on the side of the horse. Mm-hmm. I put it down put my feet on it very, very harshly that there's a lot of sand on the cloth and then step one or two steps and bury the sandbag with the reward in it. Mm. So what you want Well, with your horse, it wouldn't be that problem since he's so curious. Most of the horses see a white cloth and they go like, what's that? And they bend down to the cloth. And when they're that close to the cloth, they get a whiff of the apple or the reward that's in the bag. And they go like, where is it? And they have it. And the reward is you pick it out and they can eat it from the bag. And then you start to lengthen the track and you make curves and, and you start to, then he starts to, you know, you start to make it more difficult so that you in a few runs can lay more difficult tracks for him. And um, that in a nutshell is for the scent tracking method. Some horses are naturals. They don't have any hesitation of starting it. They get it right away. And some horses don't. (laughs) It might be that they have been clicker trained and are waiting. No, and are more or less conditioned to show muscle movements. So they might see cloth and think like, oh, do I need to go up and down? (laughs) Do I get my click now? Or do I need to do the Spanish walk? Or they... But they start doing exercises with muscles and not the nose. So for them, it might be a little bit of a threshold to to go from muscle to nose, to use the nose. Sometimes horses that are really, really strictly conditioned to obey, they have a problem to take that initiative, to, to do the sun tracking, because it's so out of their normal behavioral pattern, what they do with the human. Yeah, so there are some challenges you may find, and but overall, uh, if you take a good look at what the horse is showing, uh, I've never encountered a horse that wasn't able to do it after a few attempts and didn't like it. They all, they're very, very enthusiastic to do it. Yeah, so, uh, and some are so enthusiastic that, I mean, and that's why it's also easy to, to, and good to use a cloth, because if the cloth's not there, there's no reward to be found. But some really go like, okay, arena, <laughs> where's my bag? And they want to search for the bag. So in a way they they, they, they like it a lot. Yeah.
0: So what I really liked about scent uh, work with dogs, the smeller training, was that uh, you can't really make a dog do it. They have to decide to do it. So um so it's it's a very voluntary kind of thing for the dog to do. So it it's all positive in a way. And uh, in my experience with my horse, it's the same with the scent work with horses that, you know, you have to kind of engage them and, and they have to want to play along. Uh, Absolutely. You know, because otherwise nothing's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And and that's the thing I really like about the scent work with horses too. You cannot force their head down and say smell. I mean, they just won't do it. So it really... Um, challenges us as handlers to think of a setup that works for the horse and that can be very very inspiring and positive and also very frustrated sometimes because you set up a really nice track or you make a very nice and rich environment and you think like oh if my horse is going to explore it, that one it's really going to have positive association and emotions and then the horse won't do it and you go like why why, why, why? And then you really have to think: Was he too tired? Was he a bit too stressed? Was he distracted? But no, in a way, that's good, though. It's a discipline that keeps us going as well and keeps us motivating because you can um, do a lot with it, and you're never done. And that's good. It's not like, as I said in the beginning, give him a ball, have him have a play around, and that's it. I would, I would say, as with the sandwork activity make it a discipline that you can do it once or twice a week and make it a long-term plan with with goals. And then uh, you can develop in that and your horse can develop in that. And then you also have long-term effects. Uh,
0: In what way do you find that it affects the relationship between horse and rider?
1: I think it does a lot of good. It does a lot of good because you offer the horse something he truly enjoys and is natural for him. So in a way, it would, I mean, and horses are not dogs, obviously. And it is so, so natural for a dog to sniff on a walk. And we let him. But imagine that we were so conditioned that the dog was never allowed to do sniffing. And all of a sudden, there comes Rachel Dries. And she says, like, you know what? Horses or dogs really like to sniff. You have to try it. And we go, yeah, dog. We know that. But perhaps that's the same for horses, though. And maybe not to the same level, but I really tend to see that they love to explore. They are so curious by nature. They take all opportunities when they are getting the chance to to develop. And obviously, a horse that is really, really afraid um, shows a lot of flight behavior. So if you want to help that horse, you have to start with minimal, minimal, minimal tasks so he can grow in the task and be more and more courageous. But once they get the hang of it, they're so happy. So we give them something that is innate to their nature, that they like, what they're good at. Um, So when they see you with the sandbag or the sand leash, they are absolutely willing to join you. So that is an aspect that they get a, get a very positive emotion with us as handler, giving them something really nice. And what I think is also secondary benefit is with the scent work, we have to follow them because we don't know we forgot where the track is. So we follow them, so they take the lead, and that reciprocity uh, also is very uh, nice in the relationship. And Sometimes you might think gosh my horse is getting too courageous and too bold and you have to find a midway in that that you really have to say okay now it's my turn and now it's yours now you have to listen to me and sometimes you know you can do your way and I will follow you but I do find that the horses that do sandwork regularly are more easily to come to the owner also when they have to do tasks that are not work because the overall feeling with the handler is more positive. Um, when I talk to rescue centers and I work with the horses, and um, I've been developing two days with Emma Batson, and it's repair the brain before you train. And it goes around that first offer of work and mental stimulation and enrichment to really have the horse calm down, have a relaxed brain before we start training them. To get a good, um, well, to get a good brain and gut uh, foundation before we do that, and what what I see and what we get back is that horses um, are less stressed. They are more easily to engage, so they're a bit more open to look at you and see what you want they it is easier for them to be touched so it has benefits that you would not immediately think of obviously less fear reactions or aggressions with humans because we offer them something very nice so we can do it as a bonding exercise as well um i was in the states with leo and leo was a bit um um how do i say that in Dutch, it is... Uh, obviously, I know the Dutch word. What is but, the Dutch word? He was like, every time I looked at him with my face, he would turn, turn away. Or every time when I frontally faced him, he would go away. He was not socialized on unknown people. Among. So what I did was a treat search, as you did. And he really liked looking for treats in his bigger rampant. And I didn't want to uh, touch him, but I just started walking in between because I threw out the treats and he started looking for them. And I made the same searching patterns, like I was looking at the treats too, searching them. Then at the second go, and it took about 10 minutes each, I would point out some treats if he couldn't find them anymore, would go down and touch them. Obviously he wouldn't dare to come to me, but whenever I... Followed my path, he would go to the spots that I pointed on on the floor. And so he did see that movement. And by the third um third time we did that, I could touch the treats and he would come over to get them when I was near and frontally facing him. And I did not do it with all treats because his fun was finding them on their own. But if he couldn't find them or, you know, I mingled it a bit. And actually on the fourth track, and it was four times ten minutes. He would stand next to me and I could turn to him. And um, it was a bit like magic because it really made a beautiful, beautiful exercise of re-socializing. And obviously that was Leo. So we have to say safety first. And um, I assessed Leo's tension level and his uh, behavior towards humans. I mean, if it, is, if it was a horse that would have kicked, I would have started differently. So not everyone with a potential aggressive horse starts throwing treats in the arena and walk around it because it has to be safe, right? But with Leo, it was. It was the right exercise on that time and place, yeah. So um, I think it is uh, positive on, on, on the relationship, very positive on a human relationship, yeah. But it can give a bit of frustration as a human if the horse shows uh, he really likes it. And if you're out walking in a forest and he smells a scent and he wants to go there and you have a different opinion. So those, yeah, but those are the things we have to mention since we are so used of horses needing to obey all the time.
0: I just got, uh, um, uh, I have an experience with some of the most interesting trainers I've seen. They Mm. would uh, always uh, just let the horse go in the arena at liberty at first. Uh, And, you know, spend time talking with the audience. And, you know, it's kind of felt like, you know, the horse was just waiting. But what they actually did was allow the horse to investigate the arena before they started to train. And then you can always see they would be sniffing on the fences. They will be sniffing on the ground. You know, they were really using their nose a lot when given the opportunity.
1: Which is perfect because now you know you have a horse you can work with because he's open to investigating. So the tension level is not that high. So that that's a yeah perfect indicator yeah for a horse yeah and uh, and it is fun to do something else with horses. I mean, if I talk about uh, our human role, we're so used to riding, and obviously you can do scent tracking and air scenting while riding. You can also do it when the horse is horse is not tagged, and you can walk him. So if you have older horses that cannot be ridden anymore, or rescue horses, or horses. Who have an injury of any kind, you can do it. If you as owner are getting older and are physically not able to ride anymore, for one reason or the other, you can do scent work. So it is um it is a discipline, yeah, which can be used for those things as well. Um I think I, I've done
0: sort of the missing person in the, I didn't think about it at the time, but something I have done with my horse is at a hide in the field. So, yeah, you, you hide. I hide, yeah. 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 and And when he you know realized that I'm gone, he would run to the place where he saw me last, yeah, and sometimes like when you hide from dogs, he would just pass me, you know going full speed, and then he would come back, and I think then maybe it's the air scent that no you know makes him makes it possible for him to find me because he he will always find me. Although I'm not moving and...
1: Or hearing hearing your breathing or using all the senses you have. Yeah, he yeah has. I'm really he, trying
0: to be invisible, but but he always yeah. finds me. So maybe maybe that's it is wonderful. the scent that is, you know, his yeah, most I think important everything. Clue.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's wonderful. And the horses, I mean, even with the tracking and, and not the missing person, obviously, when they found them, they know where they are. But if they go for the sandbag only and not the missing person, you sometimes also see as a strategy that they follow the track, find the sandbag, and then walk a loop around, really to check if there's no track anymore, and then they go to the return to the sandbag. Maybe that's different from the dog example, but uh, yeah. But so nice though, so nice that he does that, and I do think horses have an enormous, enormous, enormous visual memory. If I look at some horses and I'm Really tell people, like, write down where you hit the bag. Because if you, if you subconsciously have a pattern and you don't even know it, some horses, if they cannot find the bag, or they go like, okay, yesterday I found it here, a week later, a week before that I found it there. And it's much easier to use your memory than to use your nose, because the nose can be tiring. So, uh, yeah, their visual memory is ex- excellent. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's a lot better than ours.
1: Oh really? Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. I mean, I you, really think so you can
0: tell, you know, right. if there's a leaf that's you know upside down, or if there is a rock there that wasn't there the day before, they you know, it's out of order, and it might be a lion. So they pick it up instantly. In my experience, yeah. they're really sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's
1: true. And uh, yeah,
0: but so, if but if I but if I have, I mean, I have a curious uh, horse. He's he's just very curious from nature, and I've never tried to you know, do you call it repress it or or. You know, get rid of it. On the contrary, I really encourage it. But uh, if you have a horse that's more shut down, you know, what would be the best way to start, you think, just to, to try to kind of get a feel of what scent work could be?
1: Well, I have to say, and it's a good thing you ask, with the horses I encountered, I mean, there is a difference, right? There is a difference between horses that are uh, not shut down, but are conditioned not to take initiative. Because if they know they can't take initiative, they do right away. But if you had a horse that is in shutdown for a longer period, so also um, has maybe a a disbalance between uh, uh, body and brain and not in that homeostatic feel, then it might take a bit longer for him to feel the need to explore. Because the body is just not used to it and the body and the brain has to get used to it again so what you would do is really 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 small steps so sometimes it is as easy as holding a carrot and an apple in two hands and see which one he prefers if he takes the carrot not the apple switch it around the second time to see if it's the preference of the hand or if it really was the carrot he likes more and so that is, in a way, the first thing of do. You want to make a choice, because the whole system needs to um, needs to get used. But also, uh, and I'm not an, a bi- biologist, so it's hard for me to explain. But in Jack Panksepp's work, he talks about neuropeptides that really start the exploration system, and the neuropeptides if they're not used for a long time they really have to get building up again so you have to start small so they can build up and then exploration gets going and uh, obviously uh, since i'm not a biologist and know that i can talk from my experience so from my experience those horses you can put them in a in a if you didn't do anything you can put them uh, in the arena with some obstacles or with some towels with sense, and they just stand there they will not explore and it doesn't have to do with conditioning of not not being allowed to but they just don't have, seem to have the energy to do it or the or the feeling that it can be fun it, it seems like the the need to to be curious is lacking so you have to build up positive feelings and a curiosity. So so maybe those two things. And then maybe what you could do is have a towel on the ground with maybe or bigger cloth. Like I have a little tarp of four or five meters. And uh, I would maybe put his food there, his regular food he really likes or with some stronger scent flavor things in it and make two or three small piles this far apart. Like 30 centimeters apart. Yeah, that, that that he has to go, oh, I'm eating here, but hey, there's something else there. So that you proactively give him a little bit of a happy spark, like, oh, but if I go there, that's something else. Or even if that is too difficult, I sometimes start with feeding buckets because most horses, also the shutdown, eat from feeding buckets or or buckets in the in the install way. And I take the really wider ones. And I put four or five next to each other. That's simple, right? Put some food in every bucket. And then I start uh, with the bucket spreading them a bit. So that the second time he needs to walk a few meters to every bucket to get something. And then change a bit of the food. And one bucket to apple pieces. And one bucket, maybe a carrot. And one bucket, maybe regular food. So then he gets to go like, hey, that is... A little bit of investigation, but also surprise and maybe happy. A little bit of the exploration going, taking more buckets apart. And then I would go to the towels with some food on them. So to really start the exploration going and the curiosity. And from the towels on, I could start with treat search. I could start with scent tracking. I could start with enriched environments with very low objects and then build them to higher objects. So um that would be that would be my my stepping plan, yeah. And that is also a bit of the difference um maybe uh from the goal that I started Sent Work, because my goal was never to find missing persons as uh a, a thing, but my goal was to help horses when they had behavioral challenges or uh were shut down or were chronically ill or they didn't have a pasture, so they have to have some outline of natural behavior to help those horses. But obviously, all the horses benefit, and the humans too. I mean, yeah.
0: This has been really inspiring, because you've given me some really easy examples that you know, it's possible to explore further with a horse.
1: Yeah, and I think also, I mean, you talked about the shutdown horse. If you have a horse, which I encounter also a lot, who is... Um, Very fearful, because sometimes some people say like, well, uh, and I'm really, I'm really, it's so hard to generalize, because then you think like, or you hear people say, well, I was at a rescue center, and there was this semi-feral pony who didn't have that many stimuli, human stimuli in his life, and there was an enriched environment, and he didn't have any negative associations with them. So he was exploring away and doing scent work, and he was fine. And sometimes you encounter a 10-year-old who goes to competition every week and he's too scared to touch a plastic black bag that is in the arena. You go like, so his flight system is is active when encountering new stimuli. So if you have a horse that is like that, that is a bit spooky, that is has a weakened flight system active and encounters every new stimuli with walking around it and keep walking around it to actually wanting to leave the arena, also start very, very slow. Just like the horse with the shutdown. Because he really has to have very, very small steps um, to feel confident. that he can do it. And maybe that is also why I am so advocating of people not holding the horse on the leash or doing touching exercises with clicker, with objects, because I really find it has value to have a horse explore by its own. And it might be that your horse is uh, still fearful by itself, so you can do two horses at the same time, and when he gets the hang of the exploration that it's very nice and feels confident enough to do it alone, you can do it alone. But I think the, the... Benefit of having the horse alone in the arena while exploring exploring stuff, towels, tarps, uh, a cushion, maybe a plastic bag filled with with rummage, uh, some clothes hanging hanging there. If he's a, if he's not forced by us on a rope or we control him, he can regulate his own tension. He can decide if he wants to go there. He can decide to withdraw. He can. Uh, if he tries to encounter it, he has an own feeling of what tension he might be able to handle. And if it's a bit high, it's not the one we inflicted. So he has a reasonable chance to practice self-regulating that tension. And that to me is an absolute value because we want horses that have a very high threshold to react and if they spook, you want them to spook very lightly so we can keep sitting on them and recover from it very easily. But giving them the opportunity to explore and to regulate their tension is not what we do very often. And it is a good exercise. I think what I like so much about the sandwork work is that it gives us a tool to be playful and to explore together and have fun, especially when things get not the way we want it we can get so frustrated and so tense and it gives a tool to play again and to relax and that is something that is beneficial to all, all of us human and horse
0: this, is, this has been wonderful rachel uh, oh thank you so much yeah thank you so much for sharing you know this i think it's a really good opportunity to to spend quality time with your horse in a different way. So yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. So now you can think of your worth. Like, oh, how can I make it more difficult for him?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm. I'm just. I'm really going to start with the apple and carrot thing because uh, that would be also a very simple way to, you know, figure out which one he likes the best.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or maybe make a very big tarp and put like ten treats on them and see, like, which which one is his favorite. Oh, uh, he's see? loving this. I can tell you already. Is that, Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, I, well my this is his thing. Is, <laughs> it's more difficult to read because it's very methodically going from left to right. But you have horses who really go like sniff that strawberry and then spit it out. Yeah, or like like the pear. But uh, yeah,
0: I remember but, my my first horse. Uh, uh, we were at the stable one day and I had a tomato, uh, uh, and and, in, uh, and, you and thought he thought it was an apple. Or? He thought it was an apple, and I didn't really think about it. <laughs> so it, so it was an accident. So but yeah. he, he kind of I held it for him to yeah, sniff, yeah. and he, he grabbed it. <laughs> And you can remember, you know, you can imagine his response. It exploded <laughs> in his mouth. And he was like, you know, really, really shocked, but in a funny way,
1: you know. Yeah. And did, did he try again and he liked it or was it, was it something? It you... wasn't his thing, I think. Oh, no, no. no. Okay. Oh,
0: but yeah, uh, but yeah he, the next yeah. time I gave him an apple, he was a bit cautious.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Is this
0: a, an exploding one? <laughs> oh, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this was oh, brilliant, Rachel. Really, really yeah. inspiring. Thank you so oh, thank much for, you know. Thank you so
1: much. Yeah. And thank you
0: for the opportunity, Liva. You have just heard episode 26 from the largest podcast about horses in Norway, Clan of the Horses. And I really encourage you to look into the field of exploration exercises and scent work for horses. There are many trainers out there who claim that they teach you games to play with your horse. But the beauty about scent work for both dogs and horses is that you cannot make them play. They can only fully engage their nose for play when they are curious, calm, and in a learning frame of mind. That's it for today. I want to thank my composer Fredrik Blom, my guest Rachel Dreischma, and last but not least, I want to thank you, dear listener, for your patience. May the horse be forever with you.